This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that puts the detail in retail and the rock into stocks. I'm Andrew Page, <laughs> and with me is Scott Phillips. The guru of the sound effects, the man who's... Opportunities know no bounds. Don't give up your day job, right, mate. Today, today on the podcast, look out. Here comes Amazon. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it depends. Weighing up investment risks. Oh, we love to talk about risks. Don't we, though? We're going we're gonna to wax lyrical on that subject. And we got uh, a question from a viewer. So we're going to open the mailbag. The question being, how, do, how much do I need, rather, to get started? But first, Amazon. Yes. Uh, in the Here interest, it comes. In the interest, A's. Capital A's. A's alphabetical order. There you order. go. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Mr. Phillips, I oh. believe you are a shareholder. I am a shareholder. I'm a very happy shareholder. I bet you are a happy shareholder. I've made a, look, unfortunately, so here's the thing. I used to, back in the day, own more Walmart than Amazon. Right. Now, if there was a more stupid thing in the entire world to have done, that was it. That <laughs> Old being world said, versus new world. At least, I've had the sense to sell Walmart, and I've had the, at least the sense to hold my Amazon shares. Oh, man. What an incredible success story. But what we're going to talk about is that it is coming to Australia, allegedly. Well... Allegedly. They haven't confirmed, but you know, they are hiring about a hundred people or so. So you, you've got to imagine that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's in the, it's in the works. Well, there's, there's a couple of versions of this story, right? Amazon actually are already in Australia, believe it or not. Well, you can order stuff off Amazon now. No, even better than that. Oh, okay. They're in Australia with their Audible business. Oh, and the, the business. audio book. Yes. Yeah. And they're in Australia with their Kindle business. Yes. So if you go to amazon.com.au, you can already buy Kindle books and you yep. can already download your own Podcasts, books, whatever from Audible, which is their kind of mm. ebook, um, oh, not ebook, um, audiobook. Yes. Yep. So they're already here. The other thing we should say, by the way, is I reckon you or I could probably build a stack about eight foot high of newspaper articles that mm-hmm. say Amazon is coming. Yes. And they'd probably start with, you know, they'd be chipped out of stone. Yep. And then you move on to some black and white ink. Then you might get to color paper. Right. And then maybe, just maybe, it'll be online. Yep. The Amazon stories have been coming for a very, very long time. You've got to say, though, it is just a matter of time, though, surely. If not, if not this year, then next. If not next year, then the year after. It's 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 pretty good odds, right? I oh, look. I reckon it's probable. Yeah. I, I, the, the question really is, frankly, we like to think we're really important, right? I mean, you you and I know we're like important. to think. Well, what exactly, do you mean? exactly. But for the rest of Australians, we kind of think we're we like to think we're important. We punch above our weight in in the rugby. We're pretty good at cricket. We even won the America's Cup once upon a time. Mm-hmm. But we're really small. We're one fifteenth population wise of the U.S. Maybe even one twentieth. We're really really small, right? Yep. So you've got to figure out Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, sitting back in his castle somewhere in you know, Amazon HQ and saying, well, where would we go next? Mm. And he's going to say, well, okay, we're in the US, we're in the UK, we're in Germany, we're in Japan, great. Australia's got to come a very, very long way down that list. So not only are we small, we're geographically very, very um, broadly spread. So mm-hmm. distribution costs a fortune. Mm-hmm. We are miles away from anywhere by sea. So if you kind of come to Australia, you kind of got to come all in, right? You can't just say, well, I'll open a small distribution center in Australia. You got to do the, the deals. You've got to get the stock in. You've got to, like, it's a whole thing for a very small country. Mate, love it or leave it. Hand over massive. your passport and get out. <laughs> if it comments like that, I won't take it. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to talk about our sporting teams. And I, don't, I, think, I think to your point, Amazon probably are coming. I just think... When you think about, you know, how likely are they to turn up here, mm. uh, you know. We like well, to overstate our importance, sure. Well, just, just a matter of well, when, right? So uh, in order of priority, mm. look, for all we know, it could be announced tomorrow, right? right. And, and to your point, they are allegedly hiring. They've been allegedly looking at warehouse space for a million years. Like yep. the AFR every six months says, Amazon looking for warehouse space. Yep. 
they are coming. There's a battle plan somewhere with Australia. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. The question for, for them, frankly, is when is it important enough to go for it relative to everything else they could possibly be doing? Well, the reason I wanted to talk about it, though, is that it, it is something that is really sort of capturing the attention of the market in the retail space. It is a pretty potent narrative at this point in time. Okay. We've seen the retailers doing it pretty tough, at least share price-wise. Uh, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi down about 20% in recent times. Yep. Yep. RCG, these are the guys that do the athletes' foot and a bunch of hype DC, a bunch of footwear uh, outlets. So they're down about 40%. Yeah. Or so the list goes on and on well, and on. None of that. It was only, I think, it was a Friday or Monday just gone. So a week mm. ago, having uh, on fell 8% in a single day yeah. on the back of one report from one research house saying if Amazon came, yes. there could be problems. Yes. Uh, ready? Yeah. Long run up. Here we go. Here okay. we go. Why anybody? Anybody was surprised. It held Harvey Norman shares on Friday afternoon and went, this is great. Monday morning, a report comes and says, oh, by the way, guys, Amazon could come to Australia and Harvey Norman could face some competition. And those people went, oh, shit. Mm. I better sell my shares then. Right. I, I don't know who didn't think this was going to be possible. Like, to, yeah. It blows my mind. If you held the shares on a Friday afternoon, knowing it was very possible Amazon were coming, mm. all the report said was Amazon might be coming. Mm. And that the shares are worth 8% less? It's madness. Absolute yes, madness. Yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. Um, at the same time, though, I'm playing devil's advocate here. There's a legitimate concern there. And the reason is, is that we have the, we have the test tube that is the US and the Amazon mm -hmm. experience there. They account for roughly half of all online sales in the US. Indeed. They have grown massively, much to your delight as a shareholder. <laughs> Indeed. Um, no complaints. You know, um, and, and they are almost, in my humble opinion, almost certain to win and they're almost certain to win in the space that they're at because of the phenomenal scale that they have. So they are so big that they have really great purchasing power. They're so big that they get much better bang for their buck in things like warehousing and transport yep. and the rest of it. So they get to a point where they can offer it cheaper than anyone else yes. at almost any point in time. And not only that, mate, that, 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 what that reputation, once we all believe that... Mm. There is, I don't Self, know. Self-fulfilling. Right. I don't yeah. know the numbers these days, but it's, I, I want to say 70%. I'm, I'm pulling that from somewhere that we'd rather not talk about, but I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Of people who shop at Amazon regularly, mm. go there first now. Yeah. You, you, people believe yeah. so instinct, so instinctively, so deeply. Yeah. Amazon is going to be the cheapest and with the best range. Yeah. I'll just go there. Yeah. And once you have that in people's minds, once you become the go-to destination for all those reasons you've already talked about, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy Whoa. and it really... It feeds on itself, not only in terms of people's minds, but the more volume you have, the lower your prices. Yes. Which leads to more volume, which leads to lower price, which means more volume, which means lower you price. You can't beat that unless you're bigger. And it's very hard to get bigger when there's someone who's got such a huge head start I've, on you. I've got to tell you, mate, so I spoke about Walmart earlier. How the hell Walmart watched Amazon mm, yeah. walk past? Yeah. Like literally just stroll Whistled past. as they walk past the graveyard. Said g'day. Yep. We're going yep. to destroy your business, by the way. That's a story, um, story of the ages, right? That, that always mate. happens with disruption. You, you don't notice it until it's too late. And here's a great... Uh, you, you let me down that path. So I'm going to keep going with okay. it for now. He, here's, the, here's the difference between the great businesses and the good businesses. Yeah. A good business will say, oh, there's a competition coming. Yep. Let's circle the wagons. Let's defend. Let's yes. dig in it, dig up emplacements. Let's you know, make sure we're really entrenched. Yes. And as soon as they come, we'll be ready to battle them. Yeah, I'd say Google does that pretty well. Well, here's the great business difference though. Mm. It's the great businesses say, you know what? There's some, there's some competition coming. There's some threats ahead. Let's go and get there first. Yeah. Let's go and beat them. I use this example a lot. Well, the, the, the phrase I like is you, they look to disrupt themselves. Right. So yeah. Amazon specific, Amazon was the biggest bookseller in the world, right? Yeah, books. They, yeah. they the, and so they, yeah. Jeff Bezos one day woke up and went, you know, e-books could be coming. Mm. And he didn't say, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to have the best physical book selling business yeah. so I can defend myself against e-books. He yeah. went, 
I'm going to go and disrupt my own business, to use your phrase, Andrew. I'm going to actively send some guys halfway across the US, mm. different business, different office, like just so they don't get disrupted by what the current business is doing. Yep. And their job was specifically to kind of effectively try and disrupt the, the yeah, physical business. Destroy their existing extraordinarily profitable business. And who does yeah. that? The answer is people like Jeff Bezos who are smart, capable, savvy yeah. visionaries. Yeah, exactly right. Big fan of Bezos. Bottom. Um, look, it, uh, we've gone a bit off topic here. <laughs> I'm going to draw us back on here. So, so um, good old Jerry Harvey. We love yes. him. Um, he was, he was on, they're having a whinge on the, on the news this week, as he often does. He First, does. it was the, you know, the, the, the tax, the, the absence of tax on um, GST. Oh, and GST on um, online orders coming Correct. from overseas. Uh, he felt that was up to the government to sort out his problems. Mm -hmm. Poor guy's doing it tough, is from what I understand. <laughs> now it's like he was out there saying, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Amazon, they don't make any money. And, you know, they haven't actually, they do make money these days, we should say for the record. They have actually made a net profit, about $2.4 billion last year. Um, Tell you what though, Jerry is dead right, because one of Jeff Bezos' favorite lines, most famous lines, is your margin is my opportunity. I oh, love it. Isn't that, well, love it. Except unless you're a shareholder of the business he's trying to disrupt. Right? Well, he's basically saying, I will make no money. Yeah. You, you make 20% margin, I'll solve 20% less and make nothing. So, so rule me this, mate. You, you've got, you've got shares in this thing. Yes. 48 billion in sales, 2.4 billion in profit last year. Uh, according to Yahoo Finance. I just Googled it quickly before I, I came up here. So you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, uh, but they've got a $400 billion market value or mm. market cap, as we like to say. In other words, <laughs> the value of that business is 160 odd times the Give profit that they're Give making. And this profit has only really been a recent thing. They have Correct. been running at a loss. How on earth does someone as, and I know you're a conservative guy when it mm. comes to investing in money, invest in a business, you know, just to give viewers some context here, the long-term average Dude, of no the market watching. is around- They're, they're listeners, mate. <laughs> There's no viewers. Pal. In your mind's eye, <laughs> it's it's about 15 or 16 is the average PE yeah. that you tend to sort of see here in the US yep. over the long term. You've got something that's, you know, 10 times that amount. Yep. Um, and it's only <laughs> barely making a profit. Yes. And in fact, the CEO says repeatedly, we're not interested in making a profit. Yes. How does, how, explain that to me. This is, this is value creation that isn't measured in today's dollars and cents. It's about future cash flow. And that sounds really esoteric. It sounds like I'm saying, oh, just believe, just, you know, buy the Trust dream. Me. Here's the, Trust exactly, me. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Let me paint you a picture. Yeah. Amazon is doing, what Amazon is doing is effectively world domination. Mm. They are getting uh, themselves. Literally. Literally. That's what I mean. They yeah. are getting themselves to a point yeah. where they cannot be beaten. Mm. And at that point, when scale starts to work for them and pricing power kicks in, they can pretty much name their price. Yeah. When they get big enough yes. and they can improve their margins just slightly. And you've already talked about the fact they went from zero profit to 2.4 billion mm. on, was it 48 billion in sales? Yeah. And so they can get their margins up to 10%. Yeah. That's 4.8 billion. So they're yeah. doubling their profit. All the PE falls to 80 on yeah. the today's level of sales. Mm. Don't forget, these guys are growing at 20% a year still. That 25 top years. Yes. 25 top years growth, after. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Like, yeah. It, it is phenomenal, phenomenal numbers. Mm. Mm. Online retail is still a very small portion of US sales. Yep. It's an even smaller portion of worldwide sales. Yeah. And Amazon get more than half of all of that. Yes. So you start to do those numbers in your head and you think, okay, there's a lot of ifs there. Yep. But who else is going to disrupt Amazon? Who's going to take Amazon's crown away from it? I don't think there's anyone who's going to. Ain't, ain't so, going to be Harvey Norman. This yeah. is the story of an online retailer who is going to continue to dominate the world for years and probably, in all probability, for decades. Well, and so I'm happy to pay up for today's shares. Because I'm buying a business that will be multiples, multiples, multiples of its size, 5, 10, and 20 years from now. Mate, I think I 100% agree for the record. So the question is this. Yes. The question is this. What do you do if you are holding a retailer today? And this segues <laughs> really nicely into that second part here it about does. investment risks. Right. Um, and, and we're really here talking about, I guess, industry risk, or um, uh, broader sector risk, I suppose. Yes. 
when they come, and let's assume just for the sake of argument, they're here in a couple of years' time. Yes. Would you be dumping any shares that you held in, say, JB Hi-Fi and the rest of it? No. And here's the thing. Amazon, as I talked about earlier when we started, has been coming, mm. in inverted commas, in air quotes, for, for years. Yeah. And over that period of time, JB Hi-Fi shares have gone from like 6 bucks to 30 bucks. Yep. So that's a five bagger, right? There's not many companies that do a five Down a bit since then, but yeah, still. And so you think yeah. about that in the context of, you know, Amazon's coming. Even Harmony Norman, these shares were $2.60, uh, what, two years ago? Yeah. They're now they were up to four eighty to your point, now mm. down to four thirty five last I checked. Mm. You know, these are big, big gains that were made while ever that risk was, was present. Now, mm. in any in any investment, right from from go to woe, you could say, but what if something else happens? Mm. And you'd invest in nothing. Yeah. I could buy Woolworths, but what if Walmart turns up? I could buy JB Hi-Fi, but what if Amazon turns up? I could buy a software company. But what if what if Google decides to go into that software business? Yeah. I could go into this. You're level screwed of, is the short answer. Right. Well, and this is yeah. the thing, right? So it's always possible. There's almost mm. no business in Australia. Yeah. You know, what if I buy Westpac shares and Goldman Sachs decides to open a retail banking operation here? Or Wells yeah. Fargo, the biggest yes. retail bank in the world, decides yeah. to turn up in Australia. There is going to be a there's a what if everywhere. Yes. Australian companies aren't big enough to dominate almost any industry. CSL, yeah. Cochlear, and maybe yeah, BSGSI. Yeah, yeah. And so the question is not. Is there a risk? The question is, on a probabilistic basis, mm. how likely is that risk to come true? Yes. Will I see it coming and can I get out at a reasonable price? Yes. If you've avoided every possible risk over the last 25 years, you'd never put a dollar in the market because there is a what-if question I that can you. be answered with, I'll lose my money on every company in the entire ASX. Well, I get you. Um, but, and, and I agree, but <laughs> but you, but it is a risk. And yes, I would is. say in terms of the risks of Amazon coming to Australia, you know, it's, 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 I, I would say it's a very high probability that that is going to be the case. Yes. I wouldn't put a time frame on it, but I would, I would bet heavy, a lot of money that it'd certainly be in the next uh, three or five years. Mm -hmm. And I would also bet very heavily that when they do come, they are going to steal a very large chunk of market share, particularly for things like uh, electronics and things that are, uh, mm. you know, an iPhone is an iPhone is an iPhone. Um, I can go look at it in the shop, but most people will just be happy enough to order that online and yep. the rest of it. Yep. Um, so, you know, JB Hi-Fi, which sells a lot of things like DVDs, which is a dying technology. And, mm -hmm. Um, you know, computers and the rest of it. You know, wh why wouldn't I order it online if it's cheaper and it's going to ship in a couple of days anyway? Yep. So, so, I, so I, while I get your point, I think you still need to consider that risk. And, oh, yeah, totally. And, and and then you need to account for that. I think what yep. happens is is that to your point, the market forgets about it and rallies up because of you know a good a good period, and then remembers it, and then the pendulum swings back the other way. That's true, but let me let me let me just I guess throw the alternative to you. Is mm -hmm. it plenty of people avoid these big scary big ticket risks because they're really obvious and they're in our minds, and they kind of say, "Here's the problem we've got," and that's mm -hmm. I get that. That's fair enough. By the same token, Woolworths was a thirty-eight dollar share not too long ago, mm -hmm. and it fell to twenty. Mm -hmm. Amazon didn't turn up. Aldi you know, turned up. Yeah, but it's been here for 10 years. Yeah. There was, there was nothing. But it's had an impact though, right? There was That's nothing the new point. about that. Yeah. There, was not, there was nothing new about that. If, the, the people who paid 35 6 and then $7 for Woolworths shares mm. knew Aldi was here. Yeah. Like just because there is a possible risk and an evident risk doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily come to pass. And in fact, the Woolworths risk that people were prepared to ignore was potentially the one that brought them down. In fact, the issue with Woolies wasn't Aldi, it was Coles. Yeah, right. So And, and so yeah. you kind of think about, you know, no one was saying... Oh, Woolworths, the big risk with Woolworths is whatever. They said, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Or what if Amazon turned up and hurt Big W? Right. So we kind of fix that on these really big, big ticket risks, the ones that are glaring at big flashing mm -hmm. lights. Mm -hmm. Often the other risks we should be paying attention to, think about BHP and the, the fall in the iron ore price, right? Yeah. Rio Tinto, the same. Yeah. Again, everyone was fixated on something else. Mm. You know, what if, coal, what if China stopped buying coal from us? Iron ore, sorry, was the question. Mm -hmm. That didn't change. What changed was the price of the price. I, I was going to say that's the second half of it. Right. That, you know, so there's... There's a question of risks and how likely they are to happen and what damage they will do. 
but there is also a price at which you can say, well, let's, let's absolutely 100% assume this is going to happen. It's going to do this much damage. There is still a, I mean, Harvey Norman isn't worth nothing yep. and it's probably not a, a $10 billion company, but somewhere between those two extremes, there is a price where investors will do extraordinarily well, even yes. if its market share stagnates and declines and margins fall. Correct. And I think that's where the opportunity lies with a lot of these things. So, um, you know, I, I would probably posit that in, in a lot of ways, JB and, and Harvey Norman did deserve to come back a little bit. Um, but, you know, that pendulum swings back and it'll get to a point where maximum pessimism and this is, you know, Amazon's going to just, and the narrative mm -hmm. gets a little bit carried away. So I guess I, I would urge anyone out there who's, who's got shares in these kind of retails or is considering and doing, and I should say for the record too, we've, we've recommended RCG Group at, at Motley Fool Dividend Investor. Mm -hmm. um, and am I worried about Amazon? Absolutely. Is it going to destroy the business? Um, no, I don't think it is. Mm. Um, and if you fold that into it and you still can come out with a forecast of reasonable future cash flows that still makes sense, I think there's actually, you know, there's, there's great opportunity in all of this pessimism. Yeah, I think that's right. I think pay a price. All I just say is just don't be, don't be so dazzled by the big obvious risk yeah. that you miss the opportunity or the frankly you miss the other risks that actually are around anyway. Yeah. While you're so busy concentrating on the big thing, it's the other things you don't notice because they're not big things. They're incremental small things. Yeah. They're probably things you'd be far, far more focused on rather than this big glaring flashing light risk that may never come to pass. Yeah, and put it in context with price. Absolutely. Totally. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's go to the mailbag, Scott. Let's open it up. And we got a question... If I can find it. On Twitter. So uh, from MG. MG. Mark so, Geyer. I don't think so. Could be. <laughs> um, the handle at this is Dizzy's Rough uh, on Twitter. He says, uh, through your, po your podcast, I'm looking at investing. Hooray. Nice one. Uh, should be first should the first purchase be at least $100, $1,000 or 20 camels? <laughs> Definitely 20 camels is your first investment. And buy an ostrich farm while you're at it. That, that, that Case is, closed. That Thanks is, for listening, everyone. That's been Motley Fools. <laughs> that, that is my favorite currency. I, I, I measure my own wealth in camels, I you have do. to say. Yeah. I'm up to about four and a half camels, but uh, by the end of the year, Doing I'll well. probably have a fifth. Doing well. I, I, it's, it's a really, you know, this is a great question. And we talk a lot about investing. We talk mm -hmm. about esoteric concepts like risk and arbitrage, mm -hmm. and PEs and all sorts of stuff. And sometimes people just say, just guys, for the love of God, help me get started. Yeah. So um, MG, we're glad you, you're listening. Firstly, thank you for, for doing that. We knew someone out there must be listening and it's obviously you. So thank you. MG um, and my mum, big well, shout out. My mum occasionally, she's on holiday. So we're, <laughs> the listenership's dropped from three to two for a little while. Um, great question. And look, you know, we're, we're also glad, frankly, that you're enjoying the podcast and you want to get started investing. So Andrew, if you and I have done something right over the last little while, it's been that we actually helped MG consider investing, which is fantastic. Cool. Getting started is a, is a really vexed issue. So first thing we'd say is if you're going to get started, use a discount broker. So keep your costs low. Yep. Um, don't go to a full service broker. It's going to charge you a hundred bucks a trade because you're going to get absolutely swamped. Yep. Use a discount broker, pay your 14 or 20 bucks. Um, that's the first thing. Yep. How much you need to get started? We'd normally say keep your brokerage to less than 2%, ideally less than 1% if yeah. you've got the choice. Yeah. And that's simply because if you're going to earn 10% return and you're giving 2% of that away to, to buy and then another 2% to sell, yep. You tend to become six percent very quickly, and that that really almost halves your return. So, so wait a second, just to clarify, you, you're talking here about in terms of um, the, uh, the size of an individual trade per trade, correct? So correct. you're not saying you know invest, uh, you know two thousand dollars. It's like whatever you're going to invest, make sure that the brokerage is a reasonably small percentage. Of right. That. So if your brokerage is twenty bucks, try yep. and buy in thousand dollar lots. Yep. 
So 20 divided by 1,000, 2%. Yep. Try and keep your brokerage to 2% of the trade you're going to make. Trying to make yourself rich, not your broker. <laughs> it's a very good strategy. Yep. Most people do the reverse, by the yeah. way. There's a book called Where Are the Customers' Yachts? And great the book. Of... Isn't that a great book? Correct, Check it correct. out. The broker's yep. got plenty of yachts. The customer's not so many. <laughs> so the first that, thing yeah. is keep it at 2%. Second mm. thing is, despite that, don't be too put off by that sort of stuff. Get started, get going. Mm. If you've only got a thousand bucks to spend, or to invest, I should say not spend. Uh, well, if you've got to spend, invest it instead. Um, you know, buy buy a share, get started. Then you've got the next thousand dollars, buy the next one. Mm. Get started as quickly as you can because the value of starting, the education, the lessons, the experience you get are worth far, far more than the cost you'll pay to, to do your trade. So do that. Next thing is, if you're going to keep the shares for a very long time, you're hoping probably going to double or triple or quadruple over the very long term. And at that point, your brokerage starts to be a really small proportion of what you're investing yeah. rather, than, rather than a large number. So it's, it's certainly a small number too if you're not in and out every second day can, as well. If you can turn your $1,000 into $3,000 over five years or seven years or mm. 10 years, um, you're going to make a two grand profit there. Don't, mm. don't squib on the, on the trades. Don't, don't be too reluctant to trade. So when you've, when you've got a full portfolio and you've got you know, $100,000 invested, by all means, keep your brokerage as low as you can. Mm. But if you're just getting started, you're putting some money into the market, 1000 bucks a time, keep your brokerage below 20 bucks. And diversify as quickly as you can. Get as quickly mm. as you can to 10 or 12 stocks. So maybe it's 12 lots of 1,000 at a time. Might take you a few years to do. Get yourself started. Get yourself up and going. And then you can start to work out how you're going to build that portfolio over time. But I really would say just get that 1,000 bucks as quickly as you can. Get started as quickly as you can because the lessons you'll learn are well and truly worth the price you're paying. The other thing I would add to this as well is if you're going to put any money in the market, and we'd certainly encourage you to do so. We would. Uh, you and I both do it. Um, uh, for God's sake, don't do it. If you, if you think you're going to need that money, if you're saving for a deposit on a house, you want to buy a car, you want to go overseas in six months, even 12 even 18 months time. Three but, years, I would say. For God's sake, don't put it in the market. Yep. You can buy the world's best company at a very, very sensible uh, level-headed price, even at a bargain price. Yep. There's no guarantee that money is going to be, or a, a substantial chunk of that money is going to be there next month because of volatility. It just, it just happens. And so the, the biggest mistake I come across again and again and again from mm. people is they, they start investing for all of the right reasons. They get excited. They do a bit of research. They buy a company. Lo and behold, that thing's down 20% a couple months later. Yep. And that is a sickening feeling. Yep. That is a horrible feeling. And I won't, I won't pretend otherwise. And generally what happens is people go, screw this. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm getting out. And so they, they buy at a high price. They sell at a low price. They reinforce biases that this is a mugs <laughs> game, that the share market is a casino. Yep. And it just reinforce. It gives the exact wrong lesson. Go in expecting that that's going to happen. Yep. Go in expecting that even the ones that you ultimately win on are probably going to spend a long period of time in the red. Mm -hmm. um, so th at least three years, ideally five years or longer. Yep. To your point, make sure you diversify. You don't have to be diversified on day one, but try and get to at least 15 stocks over time. Yep. Try and buy in parcels of around about $1,000. For God's sakes, don't buy the story either, which is kind of segueing a little bit from what, <laughs> yes. we, you know. So we talked last week about medical marijuana. It's like, you know, it's going to be huge. I'm going to buy into that. Or, you know, this is the next thing that's going to do whatever. Like, that is great. MG, you if you use this money and buy a pot stock, I will seriously reach through the speaker and slap you. <laughs> Just, right. just to yeah. be very, very clear. I'll invite you into He's the studio gonna specifically. Do not gonna do that. And I will throw cream pies at you. Yeah. Go on. And and uh, if they triple from here, um, no, no responsibility. <laughs> um, but there's, there, you know, you, you are buying, really, I think the, the best way to look at it is is pretend, well, not even pretend, because you are. You're buying a business. You are buying part of a business. Yep. It's not just this electronic. Treat it, treat it as such. So if you went out and bought the local corner store and then you had a bad week of trade, you're not going to turn around and flog it the next day. The, the first bloke who knocks on your doors and, off, and offers you a, a price. Yep. Um, um, so, so treat it in that way. They aren't little bits of paper or electronic bits of paper these days to, to go in and out of. 
Um, I would think another great thing to do, we'll better wrap this up soon, is for those that are just getting started and those that are perhaps not that interested in doing, um, mm. you know, a lot of the research and the rest of it, and it's not everyone's cup of tea. We've talked about it before, but it's by an index fund. Um, Vanguard, the, uh, the uh, I forget the exact name of the, the fund, but it's, um, it's VAS is the code, gives you instant diversification to the top 300 stocks. Mm -hmm. You will almost, I will bet you a very large sum of money that you will probably beat 80% of the professional money managers that are out there. And you can spend most of your time doing what you love rather than pouring over financial stuff. Great way to get started. Use that as the core and then add a few um, specific companies around that. That's a great way to finish. That does wrap it up. Thanks for the question. Thanks everyone for listening as always. Remember you can subscribe to Triple M Motley Fool's Money Podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. Uh, and if you like what you're doing, give us, give us a five-star rating. And of course, go to fool.com.au forward slash Triple M, T-R-I-P-L-E-M. You go. Thanks, Andrew. You do better than I do. <laughs> go to fool.com.au slash Triple M. Sign up for our free newsletter. Hear a bit more from us at The Motley Fool. Fool on. Fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.